0: You are listening
1: to ACPN. Emerald City Video, this is Russ. Do you
0: have know that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? <sighs> Hello and welcome to the Emerald City Video Podcast. This is another episode of our new release wall with uh, Russ Game and Zach Roberts. Zach says hi. And uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Party Monster, which is the start of our Halloween week uh, coverage, if you don't count whatever we might have done y- yesterday. <laughs> True. Uh, because uh, Zach, the... Uh, uh, the joke here is we're recording this on the 24th, but it, it's not going to run until the embargo lifts on reviews for the movie, which is next Monday.
1: Uh, okay. okay. So, yeah. uh,
0: so I am going to be looking at some of the, in, in the days running up to our, the, the monster party review. I hopefully will have had time to look at some of those Syracuse horror movies that Michael Fitzgerald gave us. But uh, we, whether I managed to do that or not, this will be the beginning of the Halloween week in the, in terms of this will run on the 29th. Coolness. So, uh, yeah, this is a movie starring uh, Julian McMahon of Nip Tuck and Charmed fame. And uh, then a whole bunch of other people who I know that I have, uh, I know that I've, I've seen before. There's a girl from Runaways in here. Uh, there's another girl who was on... Um, Okay, let me pull up the, the credits because I feel bad. I I, I like I actually like Ruben
1: It's from the the Craft and Empire yes. Records. Um, I believe she's the one that she had right. Um, and uh, yeah, Sam Strike. Um, Aaron Morris, a bunch of uh, British. Uh, uh, looks like a, a Leatherface and Eastenders. Uh, uh, and uh, wait, is that? Oh my god, and night flyers, I met this dude. That's, oh, why, he nice. looked, that's why he looked familiar. <laughs> I was like, like, this is one of those, yeah, this is definitely one of those movies where you're gonna be looking at basically everyone in the cast and you're like where the hell did we see this person before? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the entire uh, film. And it will never come to it will never come to uh yeah. come to your mind because they're um they're all really great. Uh, I just want to say that right off the bat. Um but but they're all usually second or third string people in films that you don't necessarily remember really, really that well. Um, yeah. So,
0: but yeah. So uh, Lance Reddick is in it, who I actually interviewed for the Domestics, which was that movie with uh, Lois Lane from Superman Returns and Superman from Supergirl. And uh, he's he's a guy you'll recognize right away. He was in White House Down. He was in the two John Wick movies. Uh, he, uh, he was in Jonah Hex actually, uh, which weirdly is a movie that I was talking about earlier today because it was developed by Brian Taylor, who is one of the producers on happy. And, uh, G- uh, Jimmy Palmiotti, who actually wrote the Jonah hex comics for a long time, tweeted something about catching it on TV and how there's this one scene that was a very un Jonah hex, like that he happened to turn it on. And, uh, um, Taylor tweeted at him like, "Hey, did I ever share the the original script with you? Because I promise scenes like that weren't in it." And then Erin uh, Moriarty is in it. She is uh, she is Alexis Dawson. She's the the daughter. She's uh, you've seen her in True Detective. You've seen her on uh, Jessica Jones. She plays Hope. Uh, but for Zach and I, it's super exciting because she is going to be playing Starlight in the upcoming TV adaptation of Derek Robertson's The Boys.
1: Oh, nice. So, which, because she's a superhero, probably
0: means she's either a terrible human or dies right away. But. (laughs) True, true, true.
1: (laughs) She also, by the way, is in, um, it it does remind me now, she's in Bloodfather, uh, which is uh, one of Mel Gibson's recent very, you know, he's done a, he's, he's, been doing kind of the same thing that uh john cusack and um nick cage have been doing which has been doing like really really kind of indie type films because whatever whatever for whatever reasons obviously john cusack's reasons are different than nick cage's reasons yeah yeah. um but uh and mel gibson's reasons are very much different than both of those people's reasons Um but I, I've actually thoroughly enjoyed even though Mel Gibson is kind of a terrible human being um, <laughs> uh, I've enjoyed his last couple films he's done and bloodfather was actually pretty good yeah um in that kind of gritty sort of way he also did another one which I'm blanking on. oh it was gringo I think it was or something it had something uh something to do with it he basically he's a um a a, a bank bank robber Mel Gibson plays a bank robber who Literally jumps his car over the over the border wall. Oh yeah, and um and gets into a thing. It's actually like very classic Mel Gibson and quite good in the kind of like low stakes, yeah. low you know kind of like a payback. It's 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 very very like payback, nice in that like kind of gritty way. Um, and it's actually one of those films that every once in a while I've actually watched it like I think three times now just because it's one of those films like Payback, which is just yeah, no. It's it, it. You can put it on, and it, you don't have to pay attention to it necessarily. But you can kind of pay attention to it whenever you want, and it's decent. Yeah, so, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah. So it's this is one of these movies where uh, it's 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 a cast full of people where it's like, oh, that person from that thing. You know, like exactly, yeah. like in our intro. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, I liked everybody in it. I thought that uh, if if there was. Uh, if there were any kind of standout performances, I did really like, uh, Alexis, uh, who again, I just named and now I've already forgotten, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, and then I, I, I thought Julian McMahon was just perfectly cast in the sense that you couldn't ask for somebody who's better suited to wear like a purple suit and chew the scenery. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, every everyone in this everyone in this is 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 excellently ca- excellently cast when it comes to it. It's very um, oh my god! I I actually was watching it and I forgot to actually look it up. Um, funny Games. Oh yeah, um, it has that kind of vibe from it, and uh, in the same way that even know if i've actually ever saw the remake but in the original in the way that the original was like perfectly cast you're like i can see everyone and 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 very much even also um because i've I, i don't know i've always gotten a funny games to the original purge movie yeah um uh that everyone's perfectly cast i mean that literally is my first like one of my first notes from this film it feels like a uh a blumhouse film oh yeah immediately like it, the fact that I didn't see the credits, <laughs> I didn't see the bloom house credits is like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there would have been like slight differences. I feel like in the production value, um, not good or bad, but just different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and because I mean this, this again, like you sent me, you sent this uh, link over and I'm like, Oh, this should be fun. Like what, what, <laughs> you know, what, uh, what film did we, what, what film did we get this time? And I'm like, Oh wow. Um, like they're not obsessing over drone shots, which is always like kind of the cheap way to like up the, the quote unquote production value. Um, um, and, uh, they're not doing, you know, high end effect, you know, they're not doing like cheap effects or anything like that. It's just like, Oh wow, it's actually solid like camera movements and solid all the camera movements to edits actually make sense. Yeah, yeah. They're they're not just flashy. They're I mean, they're certainly in kind of an American psycho kind of way. Yeah. Um in that way, but they're not like flashy because oh wow, we had this, you know, thing on set today and we can use it for one day. <laughs> Yeah. So we got all those shots out of the way, like sort of low budget sort of stuff, which I which obviously I respect. Um But it's always a, it's it's a telling sign of what kind of movie it's going to be. Yeah, you know? you know, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. it
0: it felt a lot like a like a grindhouse, like 80s yeah. direct to VHS kind of movie in some ways. Uh The the camera work really called attention to itself in a bunch of places. And like you said, not yeah. necessarily in a bad way, but just like. You know, we we we've talked a lot yeah. about like kind of there's two different ways of shooting things, and it's when, when they call attention to itself or not. Uh, yeah. This one, like in the first part of the movie, there was some really old school like Vestron video style camera work, like where you get the the dramatic push in over the psycho inspired music when Iris yeah, first yeah. realizes that her boyfriend's been killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then you get other things that are a lot like. I really liked the. they had the Dissolve that used the rotating camera. And yeah. we've seen a handful of times, most notably in uh, Black Panther, we've seen recently yeah. the rotating or upside-down shots. and But u- utilizing it as a scene transition was kind of a nice touch. And yeah. uh, I could have done maybe without fading to red. If they had faded to black, it would have been a little bit less intrusive. But again, I think that like when you're doing a shot like that, it's calling attention to itself anyway, so being intrusive is yeah. probably besides the point.
1: Yeah, I, I I think that they all the the shots that they they do that are a little over the top and like or the edits mm-hmm. um, that you pay attention to, they own it. Oh yeah, um, it's not just like a hey, we can do this cool scene, like we can do this cool thing. Like somebody on the set that day came up with this idea and they ended up using the edit. Like every single one it, oh, it, it works. Oh yeah. It, and w- it works within the larger context of the film. And, uh, and also the music transitions and everything like that kind of like work with it. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, that's one of my other things is like the score and the music usage is kind of fantastic is, uh, is 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 quite excellent yeah um yeah. it again w- again everything is kind of i mean you're you're turning out a film called monster party yeah, oh yeah um <laughs> which i literally again i i didn't i didn't even want when you sent me the link i didn't watch the trailer um i didn't do anything so i'm, I'm literally at the point where i'm like uh, i get halfway through the film i'm like wait are they setting up like there's someone in the basement? Is everyone going to, is yeah. like that person yeah. going to literally be a monster? Yeah, Like some sort of like Mandy inspired sort of craziness going to ha- start happening. Yeah, um, And uh, yeah, no, <laughs> but.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I thought, it's funny you mentioned the, the music. The music mm-hmm. didn't strike me quite as much, but the sound mixing I thought was really good. And one of the things that yeah. I thought, um, mm-hmm. like my favorite kind of moment of this movie in terms of like the filmmaking, not in terms of the story was uh, where you cut from like the cacophony and the music and everything when they're trying to escape near the end. And there's the, like, yeah. there's a chainsaw going on, going on in the background and there's music and then there's just <laughs> ambient, like the, the sound that air makes in movies, you know, the hiss of the... Yeah. And, and then you cut to a very isolated mic where you have yeah. somebody talking and it's just, you cut from like that noise straight to somebody talking and all you hear is their voice. There's no background noise. There's no wind. There's no anything. And it did a really good job of kind of isolating that sound and it, it played off of what had been happening a second before so well that I was I was really kind of impressed by it
1: yeah definitely
0: um and you know we're minimizing spoilers because this is not only a new release wall but as as of when this uh episode airs the movie is going to be available that Friday um yeah so we you know I think that you you it's safe to assume that people are going to be trying to escape the bad guys towards the end of the movie, um, but I, I <laughs> sure, yeah. but I I'm not going to tell you who who lives to what point who dies at one point or or any of that kind of stuff. I just you know, it's safe to assume in a movie like this that basically there's people who are trying to escape bad guys right up until the last minute of the movie.
1: Yeah, and 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 I, and I will add, I um, uh, I you will be. Oh, Is it spoilers? It's kind of spoilers. You'll definitely be surprised. Yeah. Let's just say that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like
1: uh, it's not, it's, there's no, you know, um, I I see, I see ghosts or I see dead people uh, sort of ending, but it's, uh, it's definitely in that kind of guise where who actually survives from this and who doesn't and, and what happens um, is quite interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, certainly, I think that once the movie comes out, we should do like a a quick. Maybe we can tack Mm -hmm. like five minutes of this onto another movie where we talk spoilery. Uh, But I don't even I don't even want to like do that and then try to edit it tonight. I'm just gonna absolutely yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. But uh, there, because there are some things like it indul like it it subverts certain horror tropes and then it indulges in certain horror tropes. And like some of the ones that it indulges in, it's like, man, I really want to talk about the fact that like there's there's one particular thing that it does. And it's like it's such an established like trope of the horror genre that I haven't seen anybody do it like with a straight face in a long time. Every time I've seen somebody do it, it's like with a wink and a nod. And so uh, stuff like that, it's like we'll, we'll definitely have to.
1: Um, (laughs) I'm trying to think of which one it is because I feel like there's a couple things in here that are definitely straight out of like this sort of this sort of film, um, uh, you know, tropes that you could you could be saying. (laughs) So Because that's actually one thing I really thoroughly enjoy about this film is that it takes it takes a lot of this this kind of very weird genre, um, because, again, this genre itself is its own weird genre. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like it's, 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 it's a mashup of slasher films. It's a mashup of, you know, um, uh, uh, of uh, uh, a, a bunch of other type of like horror films and, um, and, it, and it, and it plays on so many of them. So it, it, this does that so, so well, um, that, uh, that it's actually, again, it's, it's just, it's such a surprising film, in, in so many different ways um, because it, I mean it remind it, it reminds me again in so many ways like it, of a uh, and I'm using this as a compliment in every way shape and form of, of a bloomhouse film oh yeah in a way that it it takes genres and takes everything and and twist them just enough, but it keeps it within the genre. It's not like, oh, we're doing a monster film. You know, we're doing like literally Frankenstein and oh, but Frankenstein isn't actually the monster. Like, it's not that sort of thing, but it's yeah, it's yeah. just twisting everything enough. And there's like a vague level of social commentary there. Like this film literally could turn out to be, oh God, what was that? Uh, was this Sofia Coppola film where it's a bunch of rich kids uh, robbing homes? Oh yeah, um, yeah. I can't remember. The, um, but yeah, the, you, like, I mean, the bling ring. Yeah. Bling ring. And then there's like, there's literally two or three other films that exactly had the exact same fucking plot. Yeah. Um, that came out within the same year um, or two. And, but it, it literally like, cause I'm like, Oh, I could definitely see that, that this film being that, yeah. Uh, just being like, Oh, it's a bunch of kids um, uh, th- that are robbing stuff. I mean, this is not, this is, I don't know if it's in the trailer, but it's in the first, like, Ten five ten minutes of the film. Basically, it's the kids are, you know, robbing homes yeah. and that's whatever. They're not rich kids in the way that, like, you know, Bling Ring was, but they're just, you know, kids trying to make uh, make ends meet to an extent. Yeah. And uh, uh, but they're a little bit smarter than, you know, kind of your average. Like, they they actually know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Um, but uh, the... <laughs> the fact that the, that it changes dramatically <laughs> very quickly and you get that feeling right away, um, uh, is, is, uh, is really great. I don't know if I made, made sense on that, but no, no, uh, I think I did. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. And then it's funny because they, they set up this thing at the beginning of the movie where is, mm-hmm. is it, is Dodge the main character or is that his, his friend?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't know who the main character is. Um, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to actually say um, who, whether it's the uh, the white kid or whether it's the I think it's either the white the the white boy white blonde kid or it's the uh, white blonde girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dodge is the uh, is the black. Oh, okay, so um, Casper yeah, yeah, yeah. Casper yeah. is the yeah. other guy. Yeah, <laughs> which is um, an appropriate. Yeah, yeah. But,
0: yeah. Uh, but Casper. Uh... Oh, uh, they they have the thing at the beginning where Casper's dad is uh, it is like being attacked by this mobster that he owes oh, money yeah. to and it like establishes that that's the the motivation for the heist that they're trying to pull yeah. but it's like at the same time I, I it, it's it feels so extra to the whole movie like I, I yeah. honestly I kept forgetting throughout the movie that that was like the original thing. Uh, yeah. I, I think it was just kind of there. There was basically two reasons it was there. One, it forces him to be a, a quote unquote good thief uh, in the sense that like the audience sympathizes with him because even though he's trying to steal money, it's too, it's for a cause. Um, yeah. But the other thing is that it it giving them the heist provided the like spark to yeah. to like catch to catch everything on fire. Although yeah. I I think that the way that they were building up, um, Ollie and uh, uh, the like the the creepy, the, like the son and his friends, I I, yeah. I can't help but feel like it. This is a thing that would have happened no matter what. Like I don't think there was ever a version of this movie where, like or a version of this night, where yeah like the creepy brothers don't try to rape and kill Iris.
1: Yeah. And um I mean well, I mean it's certainly what it does is um it it allows for the escalation and kind of the importance on why they can't just um nope out of the of the night yeah. right away. Because I mean there's there's a handful of signs within the first probably half hour of the film um, I mean, it's like, uh, what, a uh, hundred and, uh, it's like an hour and 35 minutes or an hour and 40 uh, 80, minutes maybe, 89 tops. minutes, I think 89 minutes. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, and it, that, that actually is it's 89 minutes as in like, it goes up to 89 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, which I should say, uh, because I literally, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm about to be done with the film. And then I'm like, oh no, no, I'm not. Yeah. No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> um, Uh, but, uh, it, uh, it, it gives the kind of like one last heist sort of, um, thing to this film, which is, which is also adds some, some kind of like reasoning on why they're not just like, this feels really weird. Let's get the fuck out of here right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like why they're able to, because I mean, these kids within the first, within the first like 10 minutes of the film, you realize, oh, they're, you know, they're criminals, whatever, but they're, they're very, very like no confrontation. No guns, no nothing like we go in when no one's home, rob like very briefly and have kind of like have an out plan and everything like that going out. It's very you know, there's like a a, I don't know, it's not oceans uh, kind of feel to it, but it's but there's a, you know, non confrontational There's no they're not violent robbers. They're just literally like you know the kind of the suburban robbers but they do it for kind of more of a necessity than a, it's not a fun thing Right. even though they kind of are having fun to some level um but it's not like the excitement of bling bling of the you know uh uh you know Sofia Coppola film uh it's there is a necessity there is in like you know poverty level sort of thing yeah. um but this but the fact that you know his 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 father is being held um for and and need they need to come up for a a certain amount of money but yeah you totally forget that like there's a scene where it happens and it's very dramatic and then literally they the film this part of the the rest of the part of the film starts and you're like then literally the last five minutes of the film you're like oh shit yeah yeah (laughs) that was a thing that happened (laughs) well an hour ago oh my god (laughs) they periodically
0: remind you just because every now and again uh, mm-hmm. And here, I'll, I'll give the basic premise, which we, ha- we didn't actually do because yeah. we kind of jumped right in. Um, yeah. But the basic premise is that uh, these three kids who are trying to rob this house are doing so uh, while serving as waiters at like a super fancy party. And yeah. it turns out that the party is essentially a sobriety party for people who are addicted to inflicting horrible <laughs> acts of violence on others. Yes. and so when they get caught trying to steal from the homeowners everything goes to crap and uh, so you you very quickly end up in essentially it's like a combination of like a, a survival horror movie slash a haunted house movie almost because you spend a lot of time just kind of locked away trying to avoid the yeah. you know yeah
1: um, and and, and I'll, I mean there's also a lot of like who's actually your ally, who's not yeah. sort of thing. There's mixed thing going on. So it's not just it, which is actually something I really enjoy about the film. Um, and uh yeah I mean all of this kind of enters a little bit into spoilers uh, yeah. and again I mean like I interested in the spoilers because I haven't seen the trailer so I literally don't know what the promotion is um, yeah, for yeah. It, which is, I, I which is, I, I, think, I assume
0: that they will have revealed at least some element of that in the trailer just because I don't know how you promote this movie without including any of the violence
1: yeah which is which is to an extent unfortunate because I think that I enjoyed it probably at least 50% more because i literally had no idea oh yeah absolutely <laughs> that the twist was that because i mean monster party i mean like you know monsters you know literally it was like oh monster's party it's not a it's not a like a title like i watched monster's game and there was no monsters yeah, in it yeah. um other than you know um that white dude yeah. from uh you know um <laughs> but I... <laughs> having sex with Holly berry yeah. um but uh that was monster's ball by the way
0: oh monster's ball
1: wait what was monster's game then one Um, one
0: thing I should say just real quick because it's a thing Uh, monster party is as far as I know not related in any way to either the 1967 musical mad monster party or the (laughs) video game monster party which apparently there is a relatively recent video game, because I tell you what, trying to Google any information about this film is basically impossible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is actually amusing, because I actually, that was, um, no, there's Monster Party from a, it's a Nintendo uh, entertainment system uh, released in North America, 1989 by Bandai. Um, And that's actually, I think, why I was like, what the fuck is this film going to yeah. be? And then literally I get through the entire, I get through the first 15 minutes of film and I'm like, I don't know how this is going to be that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's like suburban america the film starts out in suburban america and then moves to like this super fancy rich ass yeah. house in whatever it looks like california or something i don't think it's ever really no, necessarily so. explained or needs to be but i'm like this is not monsters party i don't think that there's going to be a swamp thing suddenly come out of the <laughs> it's it's uh it's also it, it's not particularly
0: related to Party Monster either, just so that's been said. But yes, you know, yeah. True. Um, yeah, sure.
1: and not it's it's not at all related to Monsters Ball either. No. Uh there is no um <laughs> there's no weird couch sex with huh. uh Angelina Jolie's ex and Holly Berry. Yeah.
0: Um <laughs> uh, but, uh, oh, oh, the thing I was saying that we got off on a tangent, but uh, the, the, the one reason that I feel like, yes, you do at least usually have in the back of your head somewhere that like the dad is a subplot that's still important is because yeah. since these are people who are ostensibly in recovery, even after the violence starts, some of them are all in on the violence and others of them don't want to kill anybody and so you yeah. get the people who don't want to kill anybody periodically asking, like, can we pay you to go away, basically? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so every time somebody comes up with the how much to make this all, all go away, in the back of your head, you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, he can be bought because he's got the thing with his dad.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's a, it's an interesting... It, it i i really liked it I, I actually i have very few like real criticisms of it uh there's once or twice where the like the ambitious stuff that they were doing with the camera gets a little bit too ambitious for its own good there's a bit where robin tunney is like stabbing the camera basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i don't know if she didn't sell it or if the camera work didn't sell it, but like that moment felt really, really weird and flat to me, and it didn't work. Yeah. Um, but that's literally, like, that's the one, yeah. like, major criticism I had of the movie. It does have, like, some of those, like, 80s horror movie style, like, effects wonkiness and in, in terms of, like, a lot of the blood looks like it was, uh, like, tomato soup, and so you get, like, that orangish tint to it that used to be a thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's a shot at one point where like somebody's intestines spill out and you can literally see like the place on
1: the end of it where the sausage has been tied off. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I mean, but I mean like, and, and one thing, I mean, I, I kind of excused all oh, of no, those no, things no. I, to, to the fact that it is the type of film that it is. Oh and, yeah. And I, I agree I with mean, you. Again, like like I'm, those I'm were kind of, like at moments that, point just, that it, because it, they're not. They're so, it's not like, um, I don't know. It's, again, I mean, like, uh, it's not like Mandy. That's like, it literally starts at an 11 and then goes to a 15. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, uh. it starts at like a random, it could just be a house break-in type film. Yeah. And then goes to a, goes to like a 14 or a 15 sort of thing when it's like weirdness. And then it peaks up and down, like it kind of goes up and down on its like weirdness. So it's not something that you can kind of completely excuse away in the way that like oh well it's just that film it's all ridiculous and it's all over the top right um but uh, but in general um there's no moment in the film that I think I again outside of that sausage scene yeah, which yeah. I actually like I remember looking at it, I'm like oh that's hilarious no that, that was my it response too it in my notes
0: I have just in all caps with an exclamation point sausages <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It made me think of like Invader Zim or yeah, something. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> but... I, I will say, like, yeah, If there's yeah. if there was one thing, like, because I I actually even the really over the top like broad stuff worked for me mm-hmm. for the most part. The one thing mm-hmm. that like, and it's funny. This is the movie where I was just like, okay, I'm done with this now. Is the <laughs> uh, when when the patriarch Mr. Dawson is like, we're gonna make the Dawsons great again. I was just like, okay, we've gotten to the point where like make blank great again is just a lazy shorthand for I'm an asshole. And like any acid that that joke had has completely expired now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like there's going to be like a middle ground where unfortunately there's a bunch of scripts that were written in 2016 or 2015 that we're finally seeing those films. Yeah. No, I mean, I didn't necessarily catch that or not, but I mean, like I agree with you. There's. There's been a handful of things like even in the late in the last um, or in the latest uh, uh, Purge film where I was like, OK, OK, you guys did it early. Yeah. And that was great. Um, and but you should have stopped it because one of the things about the Purge films is they've always been really fantastic about being like four years ahead of their time so that you get to watch it and go, oh, my God, this is shocking and then in four years, you go, holy shit, this is the purge that's happening on TV right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then the last one you watch and I'm like, yeah, no, um, I was there. I was at Charlottesville and I watched that happen. <laughs> like, at least, I mean, obviously that's me who literally was at Charlottesville. So watch that happen. So like, it was a little bit, just dis- a little bit more distinct. And I know my friends of mine who were also at Charlottesville, like we're all like kind of a little shaken by moments and in, in the latest purge film. Um, but, uh, um, but there is, but I, I completely agree with you. Like we need to kind of like, let that go unless it's a direct statement on Trump or or whatever. I mean, unless it's a, either a documentary or it's some direct statement where it's like, Oh, Donald Trump is a president in this film we're watching, or there's some, you know, actual political thing. But if it's a side joke then I'm like, "Eh, yeah, no, it's time. It's time that we can kind of move on from that film. To me, film should always be ahead of the time, um, at least, especially horror um, film. Like I feel like horror, sh- horror and sci-fi should just kind of by their own description, kind of be ahead of whatever the curve is on when it comes to politics and statements and things like that. And and I feel like it's it's an easy joke, um, yeah. but but yeah, but that's but that's like literally. Um, God, I'm trying to think of anything else. No, really. I mean, it's like literally the only thing in this film that I would. And you had to bring it up. Right, right. You had to bring it up because, I mean, like I didn't catch it. And I wouldn't have. uh, Which is actually kind of surprising. I wouldn't have
0: thought about it if I wasn't like as we're talking about the Mm -hmm. movie, if I wasn't like looking down my notes going, is there anything that I didn't love? Because it was just this is a really, a really, really good movie, especially for being one of these like Z grade movies full of people whose names, by and large, you don't know. Uh, You know, I I thought that was very, very well done. Uh, I did like the fact that they had, like, the charismatic cult figure who was, uh, in this instance, uh, Lance Reddick, is their, essentially, their, like, guru who's trying to keep them sober. And uh, I liked the fact that you have the charismatic cult leader who's actually trying to do a good thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a fun yeah. – and, I mean, that's a minor thing because in the grand scheme of things, his character, like, was unable to stop what happened from happening. But yeah, yeah. but still, I liked the idea that little things like that where you're just like, oh, this is the character you see in every fucking movie. And usually he's the guy who is like, but no, bathing in blood is the way to redemption. And yeah, you know, so he yeah, would yeah, be the guy who yeah. would be pushing everything. Um, yeah. And I really liked – the relationship between his character and Robin Tunney, simply because it was almost exclusively unspoken, but you got so much context for it in the course of yeah. the movie. Yeah. Like they, they didn't interact with each other hardly at all. And she didn't say very much about him when she was talking with her husband, but the way that yeah. she essentially took his side against her husband at every opportunity, yeah, uh, it, it was like one of those things where it was just like, I'm, I'm really interested in that relationship
1: yeah 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 no i mean that um the because it doesn't and i and i think i've probably touched upon this a couple times already by now but um but the fact that like there there's a plot line which this film could take and which is basically like a 45 degree angle up um which is just like escalation and they put enough stop points along the way That it's not just Texas Chainsaw Massacre sort of, you know, oh, they got everybody in a locked house and it's just going to be a slaughter sort of thing, Um, which actually makes it interesting. Um, As a person who generally does not like horror films, um, this this actually this film and the fact that they did. Which is which is actually something I like about horror is that it's very rare that you can have a horror film um, with a known actor. Like, no one, I would say, you know, everyone in this, almost everyone in this film is known to some level, but you can't have, like, a Brad Pitt, you can't have an Angel, you know, you can't have that, like, in a horror-type film without being like, well, they're going to survive. Like, there's no, you, you don't watch World War Z and go, well, I don't know if Brad Pitt's going to make it out of the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> like, because no shit he's going to, because no shit there's... There's a setup for a sequel, there's a whatever, but there's no scenario where he's not making it out of the end of this, which is one thing I like about horror is that, um, you know, in the way that you watch, <clears throat> in the way that you watch a lot of, you know, most you know, like war films where there's like a dozen, you know, maybe there's like, there's like two or three name actors. And then there's a bunch of people that you vaguely recognize and you're like, well, okay, well. Matt Damon's making it out of this and, uh, you know, Tom Hanks is probably going to survive this and, uh, or at least to the end. Um, and, and things like that. But like with horror, there's always, it's almost always like B to C level in. And again, I think that's, I, I I don't know if that has any meaning anymore. Um, because again, I think we've talked about previously about at least we've talked about previously. I don't know if we've actually ever talked about this on a podcast, but about how like you go through Brad Pitt's films and you're like, why is he a star? <laughs> like why, why, why do half of these, why are half of these people stars yeah. when they have ne- they've net like literally, I think what was it? World War Z is his is Brad Pitt's number one yeah. film yeah. he's ever done. And you're like, wait, that he's been a, a lister since like, The 90s, since or since the late 90s, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, and or at least the early early 2000s, and it's literally what three years or four years ago that his big film came Mm -hmm. out. Um, same same thing with Clooney. Like, I don't think he's ever actually had a big film, (laughs) like, um, other than Oceans, which Oceans, you know, the Ocean series didn't really make like a lot of money either.
0: The irony is, I think, for a lot of years. Clooney's most like Clooney's highest grossing movie was probably Batman and Robin. Cause even though everybody hated it, it still made a bunch of money and it was the kind of thing that probably would have spawned a sequel, if not for the fact that it was the second one in a row that everybody hated and we were starting to see diminishing returns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a, uh, yeah, that's it. And of course, <clears throat> like that's the other thing too, is you look at, Take Lance Reddick, for example, the you know the cult leader in this movie. It's like he yeah. does a bunch of movies that cost nothing and then make a bunch of money back. And he's recognizable and he's compelling. And it's just like it would be difficult to argue that most people who pay attention to film wouldn't mm-hmm. at least recognize him from like John Wick at this point. Yeah, yeah. And so it's that it's that kind of funny thing where it's like, yeah, yeah. As our media awareness kind of broadens, yes, we can all kind of intuitively look and say, like, I know who an A-lister is, yeah. but I think you're right. Like, the idea of an A-lister has lost almost all meaning because you you there are people out mm-hmm. there who you know and like more than you like an A-lister. It's like you, you, you know intuitively that Tom Cruise is an A-lister and... Uh you know, again, I'll just say yeah. Lance Reddick or <clears throat> Robin Tunney are not. Mm-hmm. But uh like I don't I can't think of a time that I've ever enjoyed a Tom Cruise performance as much as I enjoyed uh Robin Tunney and Empire Records. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean I mean Tom Cruise is actually weirdly probably one of the very few people you're like he doesn't do not A Lister film. Oh yeah. Um and and, uh and which is which is also but it's also weird he's not a person that wins Academy Awards mm-hmm. um at least in the last like 15 20 years um so it's this kind of weird very weird like Brad Pitt is a person he stars in a film and potentially wins an Academy Award almost every time every year yeah. there's like some film he does and you're like ah, he's potentially out there but uh you know Tom Cruise doesn't do those at all which yeah. I mean I mean the last mission impossible d- we actually see the last Mission Impossible? I did
0: not. Um, ever? I thought you had seen it, and we, but we didn't get it. We definitely didn't talk about oh, it. Oh, we
1: didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I, I had seen it. Um, and um, shit, when does that come out? Because it's, soon. The last one was actually genuinely fantastic. Yeah. It was probably the best action film I've ever seen in my life. It comes
0: out very soon. Um, we, we got to talk about yeah. that, and we got to talk about Mandy. Um,
1: yeah true about Mandy. Uh because I desperately want to talk about Mandy. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is so fucking weird. <laughs> but but yeah.
0: But uh yeah, so that's uh anyway, we've gotten off on, on a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> um shocking, I know. But
1: uh Yeah, I know, that never happens.
0: I, I am at the point now where pretty much everything in my notes is stuff that I've got to save for our spoiler discussion at some later point. Yeah. I will say that the ending that you were alluding to, how like the movie ends and then it kind of comes back up and ends again. Mm -hmm. I could have done without the second ending. Um, For me at least, like it felt like just a lot and it felt so over the top that I kept waiting for the clue style title card to pop up and be like, but here's what really happened. (laughs) Um
1: I mean, I I agree, but it didn't feel like the, um, J, you know, like the inevitable, like Jason endings yeah, or whatever, yeah. you know, where it's just like, oh, the monster's still alive. Why didn't you stab it one more? It didn't have that, even though it had a little bit of that, right. it didn't feel like that. No, I um, agree. And it just, because honestly, there, one of the good things about this film is that there's so many... Um, there's so many bad, uh, evil, bad, I don't know what, uh, you know, like bad guys, whatever, in this film that you forget that, you know, wait, one wasn't never, one was never dealt or well, one or two was never dealt yeah, with or yeah. something like that. And so it just like, when it pops up and I'm like, holy shit, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the way that they do it is not the, like, <laughs> there's there's like kind of a half sort of thing where it's just like why didn't you stab that guy one more time in the head or cut up? <laughs> like, I I'm trying to remember what film I was watching, um, earlier this week. And I, I was just screaming at the TV, just cut off his fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause it was just, I, I don't know if it was, it was one of the Jason Phil or one of the, um, with the Halloween films or something like that. Cause it was just like, you have a knife, you know, that the guy wakes, you know, that the guy doesn't necessarily die easily, like a, yeah. in a natural way, remove his head from his body. This is not a simple idea. Yeah. And, and um, <coughs> it wasn't that sort of, it wasn't that sort of ending, uh, which again, I th- I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I, I enjoyed this film um, uh, from from the beginning all the way to the ending, which is something that um, that's just never fucking yeah, happens yeah. with horror film. And, and, and again, I mean like whether this is horror or thriller, I'm not quite sure. Um, I think that there's like a fine line between those two. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, this is, this is a, a very super fun film yeah. that has, you don't, it, the one, the one thing that about with, when it comes to like Blumhouse films, I feel like sometimes with those films, I feel tired. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Like not tired as in like bored, but tired as in stressed. Yeah. No, um, as in like, I just want this poor person to live. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I never felt that in this film. Not, not that I didn't want them to live in general. Like I don't want the good, because I mean, there's no one that's necessarily 100 percent good in this film, right. but there are people that are good and bad in this film. Like there are people who are just trying to steal some money, and then there's people who are literally trying to st- cut off hands and heads and things like that with a hatchet. Yeah, sort of bad. Um, so I mean, like, there's a clear like differentiating line here. Um, but there is, but um, but it wasn't the stress that like you have like with Get Out um because this the whole film has definitely has like it's like 10% get out 10 uh you know 30% um uh funny games and then like what is that 60% something mm-hmm. else uh um, <laughs> uh which is good uh because get out like I've watched once I thought it was one of the best films I genuinely have ever seen in my life I would definitely still put it down as one of the best like 100 best films I've ever seen um I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. (laughs) Like, I genuinely don't know, like, unless it's the one where I go. Yeah. I mean, like, unless it's one of those things where I'm like, wait, you haven't watched get out. Okay. Fuck. Uh, we have to watch that because that's a film that you have to see. Yeah. And I'll sit down and watch it with someone else. But, um, I, if I was like, Oh, it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm done with all my work what film am I going to put on? Do I want to put on get out that a film that's going to stress me out in, in 2018? (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) Like I could just turn on CNN. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The,
0: uh, I mean, my, my observation on the ending is actually, it's like I said, I, for me, I was like, eh, it was a little too much, but I, I didn't hate it. I will say it doesn't, it doesn't set up a, a direct sequel. But one of the things that occurred to me is that there's a a concept for a sequel kind of baked into the DNA of this thing, because the bad guys are either all or mostly related. I think it's like a family and then a couple of this kid's friends. Yeah. But like the idea that this is like the, the clearly Lance Reddick's character had other clients uh, it yeah, didn't yeah. i it you know it, it didn't look to me it didn't seem to me like these guys were his only clients and so you, you have baked into the n- potential for the next one that yeah you could do basically the same idea except if they're not a family if it's just like the support group then you have yeah. the additional possibility of like dissension within the ranks and people who are trying to kill each other much more than they were in this movie where it's like. 90 percent of the movie is is like the family and the servants, and then every you yeah. know what i mean
1: yeah i mean this has a in the way that um like uh i i don't think I, I don't think that connections can be avoided um like the purge the first the first film that came out the first purge uh film uh i like That had a way that, like, you're, like, watching it and you're like, oh, I could see this just being a one-off thing. And then, obviously, it did really well, but it also could set off an entire world and thing. Um, There's no reason why it couldn't happen again in other places. Mm -hmm. It's kind of in the way that it's like, oh, this is a dinner party group that happens around the country. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, obviously... You know you could go one way or the other. it could be like a prologue sort of thing, like setting up the world where these are things that happened before, which I think would be less so i'd be f- i'd be very fascinated if this does if this does hopefully well because I do hope that this does really yeah. well because it is again I, I mean I think I've said this about a dozen times, but it is a, it is a really great uh horror slasher thriller film yeah um but it um it it potentially could build. It 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 doesn't close off the idea that there are other, um, the, uh, there are either other families or other, um, AA type support meetings or whatever that now once the leader of this whatever is is dead could set off like a a greater thing, um, like whether or not it could go. I mean, hell, I I, I never believe that the purge film could go beyond like say another film. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but now it's got what it's on its third or fourth film. And then it's got uh, uh, in a TV series. So um, who am I to say? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I will say this is from what I can tell only
0: the second feature film by mm. this, uh, by Chris von Hoffman, who's the director. Uh, the previous movie is one that I've never heard of uh, called drifter And it's described as a pair of outlaw brothers seek temporary temporary refuge in a desolate town inhabited by a small family of psychotic cannibalistic lunatics, which to me feels like this could be almost a spiritual sequel to that. Like just like this. It's like, oh, we're outlaws and we are like we find ourselves trapped with no escape from a family of killers um and i'm not i'm not saying that in a critical way like there's nothing wrong with the the filmmaker who explores those those similar ideas but i'm uh, like Mm -hmm. a for somebody who only has two two features to do a movie that i thought was this well done is impressive and b it makes me kind of want to go back and look at the drifters or at drifter and just see i mean he's got a
1: he's got like a which is actually interesting i mean um the the director has um uh only only one like feature-length film but he has like a dozen or so shorts mm-hmm. which is actually interesting because usually you don't see those um but his upcoming his upcoming film um which uh is called uh phobias mm-hmm. um and or it's a segment um i can't tell whether it's a segment of a film another film yeah it looks like it is it's a segment of a of a film because there's three other directors yeah. along with it um, but there's a lot of, again, there's a lot of other, uh, actors and actresses that you recognize, but aren't, you know, people that will star, you know, big stars in films or whatever. Hannah Mali is in, um... Uh, she's uh, one of the stars of Pitch Perfect. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know she's in The, uh, the Babysitter. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's basic- basically in Pitch Perfect. Uh, she's the uh, quirky, weird uh, uh, Asian girl. Yeah. Um, and then there's like Macy Gray, uh, who is Macy Gray. Yeah. Uh, the singer and everything like that. Who's been, I, in- holy shit, she's been in a crazy amount of things. Um, I, <laughs> um,
0: I kind of have to point out that in Drifter, his other feature film, uh, yeah, one of the two brothers, who's the main characters, his name is Arya yeah. Emery, which yeah. uh, Emery was the name of the the pimp in this movie, or whatever yeah. the the guy who runs uh. the strip club and was beating on uh, Casper's dad. Yeah, and so it's that that weird thing of like that is a weird backhanded, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, whatever <laughs> yeah. for for the person who was in your last movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah uh, any final thoughts uh, before again we both of us really liked this movie Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how it is embraced by others and I'm kind of hoping that it does well enough to earn a sequel although I don't have any idea what to expect from movies like this like it's going to get a theatrical release but I don't know how long or if it's a wide release and and
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if this hits, if this hits Syracuse, I, 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 I think that uh, not only we should go, but uh, I also like think I would go anyway, just to um, because uh, I really, I really like supporting films that, um, you know, I mean, this kind of goes to our kind of continued theme, obviously on, you know, our new release wall and kind of the kind of back catalog stuff we talk about for yeah. but for you know, I think at this point, like most of our films that we end up talking about are these kind of um, you know, D or C grade and not grade films, I mean, but like like they'll get a week or two at the box office in major cities or something like yeah. that, but probably won't ever hit Syracuse or won't ever hit, you know, mid-tier cities. And but basically means that you'll see them in the th- you'll see them on uh, video on demand. Yeah. Um yeah. And, um, this is probably, I would say in the top, top three of those films that, that we've watched. Yeah. Um, and I think we've watched a lot of them, even ones that we haven't reviewed necessarily. Um, like haven't actually reviewed, uh, there's probably been a dozen or two films that we've watched that we get review copies of, or digital, you know, digital, digital review copies of, um, and this is probably at least in the top three that, that I've, I've seen. And I, 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 really hope it does well. Um, and so if you get to see, if you, if you see this film in your theater, uh, in your theater, please go see yeah, it absolutely. because again, like, like we kind of always say, like, this is a sort of independent, you know, I mean, like basically this is where independent film is mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, and whatever your definition of independent film is, you know, what is it, what your budget level is like, this is what we're talking. I mean, I, I think that this is what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Like, this has gotta be a couple million dollars. Um, like I know that we could, I know other than, you know, whatever salaries or whatever, but like, I know you could do this film for like 5 million, under $5 million, um, because it's a closed location set yeah. sort of thing. And, um, and it's it's really good, and we need to. Encu- you always need to encourage these sorts of films because otherwise, it's going to be all Marvel and D. <laughs> well, most I, I would say Marvel and DC, but it's it mostly Marvel. <laughs> um, <laughs> like because DC has already put off their fucking Wonder Woman release um, because I guess they can't even handle that fucking thing. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is a whole different fucking statement. Um, but uh, we but. Again, go see it in theaters. Um, and then once it comes out, either rent it or buy it. Um, even if, you know, if you enjoyed it, like support the goddamn support cinema yeah, for fuck's yeah. sake, um, because this is basically this is what keeps studios going. Um, these sorts of films Um and it's not all just art house, um, you know, crap that doesn't make any money. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like independent cinema, yeah. like there's one in a thousand films. I would probably say one in ten thousand films when it comes to like art house, like proper cinema, actually make money. This is the film. These are the type of films like that actually make um, production houses money um, to keep going. That they can support that one million dollar art house film that. You know, maybe goes crazy and gets an Academy Award or or some you know Sundance Award or some shit. Um, So support this, even if you don't. (laughs) Support this, even if you don't like this film. (laughs) (laughs) But no, but you you goddamn well should because it's a it's a goddamn well made film, um, which um, even in even in bigger budget films is is surprising. Like this is this is a production level film that at least is as good as Venom. Uh, when it comes oh, yeah. to like editing and cinematography, um, and, and, uh, my guess is, I haven't seen the budget on this film, but my guess is that, um, Venom had at least 50 more million dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, if
0: I had to guess, I would, they probably made this movie for a million because yeah, these are all recognizable yeah. actors, but none of them are super famous, I imagine you probably yeah. got them at discount rates because they probably shot this over the course of like oh no, I, I actually I, I saw this on uh, like some website. They shot this over the course of seventeen days. Yeah. So probably they spent you know I mean, yeah. it's not like you know Jurassic games money.
1: But they, yeah. you know, <laughs> not that sort of money, for God's <laughs> sakes. I mean, there's not too many production houses that can swing that
0: that load of cash around. <laughs> well, I meant the other way. I meant the fact because they spent nothing on that. I know. Movie, I this... know.
1: That's a joke. But... I know. Mm-hmm. I know what the budget is. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> mm. and again as a person who enjoys Jurassic games um, I'm just saying like um, that you know I mean like well I mean there's no CG in this film there's no there's not even I don't even think there's any like real filter effects or whatever I mean I assume they shot it in 4k so I assume there's some level of like color yeah, yeah. correction editing sort of thing but um, this is the sort of film that I really enjoy that literally I could see me and a couple friends doing like with the gear that we have, as long yeah. as we had good actors and a good script, uh, which to me is always independent cinema. Yeah. Um, the moment you start adding CG and things like that, I, I, again, I'm accepting J- Jurassic, uh, Jurassic Games and um, um, Jurassic Dead uh, sort of thing, uh, those sort of films, because, you know, this is kind of a different sort yeah. of level of of, of indie cinema. Um, but, like, this is super fun. I mean, this is the sort of thing that, um, you know, it, it reminds me of the early to mid, you know, like the mid 90s yeah. sort of indie cinema, where you had a bunch of recognizable actors, like Reservoir Dogs. Everybody in that film, even then, was like, oh, I recognize Tim Roth. Yeah. Oh, I recognize, you know, these people. Steve Buscemi, you know, like, I recognize these people from other films if you watch films. Like, this is that sort of film. And um, it's done so solidly well um with i i mean like again i mean like we're we're two fucking nitpickers yeah, yeah. when it comes to films and yeah that like we like we're like what was it like two scenes like two two cuts yeah, yeah that we're like i mean like we can go through a marvel film and find like 45 things or even a dc film you yeah, know what yeah. i mean like find 75 and like this is like oh there's nothing we can complain about yeah there's a line in the oh, script because okay. this was probably written
0: three <laughs> years ago yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, there's a line. Yeah, no, that was an easy. I mean, it also, even if it was, even if it was written six months ago, like as the film was made, like would have been an easy, like, no, you got to add that in. Like we're too political. Like there's not too many film reviewers that are also like political people, like who are annoyed by like political tropes in, in, in encroaching on film. Um, so like, yeah, that I probably would have wrote that line into the film. (laughs) Like, I mean, like there's everything in the film is, is, uh, is, is great. Um, and it's a really solid film and it's not, and it's not a, and one thing I really love, it's not torture porn. Yeah. Um, because that's the easiest thing to do in, in horror slash thriller cinema is just like, there's enough blood, there's enough like scenes where you see the person like, but it's not like there's it's it's a great between like Venom where they didn't show fucking anything, like even the body of a of somebody who was eaten. Yeah. You know, like at the end of the, you know, in the, in the film or or like or like a, uh, you know, hostile sort of situation where you're like, oh, good. They're lingering on the, the bloodied corpse yeah. that was like mangled. <laughs> like, I don't need that either. Like, this is a really great kind of middle of the road, like my mom, my aunt would love this yeah. film. Like, I'm definitely going to recommend this when it hits video on demand um, for them. Yeah. I mean, it is uh, because it, like, it is they're both gory. like, it's like walking dead sort of like, yeah, level it, exactly. Stuff, it's like, that lo- Cause, yeah.
0: cause it is gory, but at the same it like it, you, you really, except
1: let me know, let me know, let me note since I brought up walking dead, it's better than walking dead <laughs> has been for about that's, 17 yeah, that, seasons.
0: That's, that's true. Um, <laughs> but, well, I will say that, uh, your observation about hostile and the idea of like lingering on grotesqueness is, is really well taken because there are things in this, in this movie that like, yes, you see like the horrible aftermath of something, but it's literally like a shot for two seconds or it's a shot like in the background as you're going over the room or it's like, we're dragging the body, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's literally, it's, it's enough that you go, Oh fuck that person actually is dead. Yeah. yeah. Cuz I mean there's a, there's one scene in this in this movie where um something happens and you're like, "Oh fuck, did that person really die?" Um that person really was killed and they lingered on the scene for literally like the moment that the character who had to see the the character who had to recognize that their that the person that they knew was dead. Yeah. Um was actually dead. And, like, that was the amount of time that if I was that person, I would have spent on going, oh, my God, that person actually is dead. Oh, holy shit. I need to keep moving. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no, like, lingering. There's no grabbing the body and, like, holding it or anything like that. It's like, okay. I mean, that's also, like, again, I mean, like, I keep going on things Mm -hmm. like I like about this is the fact that, like, there's there's also realistic survival instincts in this film, which is something that never fucking exists in horror films. Yeah. <laughs> like we're like, Oh, I'm going to linger on holding this dead corpse of a body while this, the monster that keeps, Coming after me is 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 slowly moving towards me. It's like no no no. They look at the body, they look at the whatever, and then they move on because that's what you would I would assume do in real fucking life. Yeah, you would move because survival is important. Yeah, and um and everyone in this film is 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 actually which is adds to the like kind of horror of the of the film is everyone's kind of actually really really real really realistic in the film. Yeah. Which is like again in kind of in the world of the Bloomhouse films yeah. Yeah. um for the most part. Um which is what makes those so kind of terrifying. Um but like this is like Bloomhouse is at like a ten, this is at like a seven. Yeah. Um which is which is also adds to its like goodness for me. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, I think that's it for tonight. Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll forego the, like, how to find us on social media because this is going to be, like, at least the fifth episode in the span of about a 10-day period. So I'm, yep. I'm sure that we'll be back soon. <laughs> and uh, yep. and uh, so thanks, everybody, for listening. You can subscribe to the show on Spotify or Apple Music. You can follow us on social media. You pretty much know how to do that. And you can, look, you can find us at <laughs> emeraldcityvideo.net. And we'll be back uh, by noon on the second day. Always be kind and and remember to rewind your cassettes.
1: A-C-P-N.